0: Hi, everyone. Rather than your usually scheduled programming this week with me and Ben, I instead have a special guest on Linear Digressions this week. I'm talking with Professor Xiaoli, who I'm just supposed to call Xiaoli, a professor of statistics at Harvard. And the reason that Xiaoli and I know each other is because of his recent work establishing the Harvard Data Science Review, which is a new journal. And that's what I wanted to talk with him about today. Xiaoli, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thank you for having me, and uh, it's great
0: to have you here. Uh, very excited, very excited. So, um, really excited to get into it. And you are listening to Linear Digressions. So let's start with. I'd like to start not with the data science review because I know that that's so recent that I want to work our way up to it. But instead, okay. start a little bit earlier back and and try to understand the path that you have taken. To get to where you are with thinking about data science as something that you want to be contributing to with this data science review, uh, so you're a statistician by training, by background, Correct. and a, a very accomplished one. Do you want to <laughs> do you want to say just a little bit, give a quick summary of kind of your career and some of the biggest interests and, and contributions that you feel like you've been able to make to the field of statistics?
1: Well, thank you very much for the opportunity, and uh, I was actually trained as a pure mathematician back in China. And I came here, you uh, know, sitting years ago, 1986, that, uh, um, to study statistics at, the, at, at Harvard. And the, I think at the time when we start, st- when I start to study statistics, um, it was very much to, along the way of thinking like a mathematical statistics, that's uh, pretty much connected to my training then. But in this department, the Department of Statistics at Harvard, uh, there has been always an emphasis on the statistic is rooted in applications. So that has been the department sort of tradition for a long time.
0: And in fact, one thing I remember talking about with you a, a few weeks ago when we met for the first time was you had, it sounds like, and, and maybe still do have sort of this practice within the Department of Statistics at Harvard, where you and, and maybe more your students these days is going out and doing kind of consulting work for other departments who want to have rigorous statistical methods applied, but aren't formally trained in statistics. Instead, they're Physicists, or biostatisticians, or whatever else is that? Is that still the case? Is that how you started to be exposed, go from that pure math background to something that's a little bit more applied?
1: Uh, actually, that's true. Although I think that the, my first sort of a uh, consulting experience at the time was right after graduating from here. I went to University of Chicago. I become a um, you know assistant professor there, and I was. Uh, at the time, uh, given the job to be the director of the consulting program at University of Chicago. And that gave me a real interesting experience. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I organized these uh, uh, in the meetings with you know, clients, and they came in. And then when we started to talk about talking, you know, then I immediately realized that uh, there there's an issue of communication. And uh, because usually uh, the clients come in, they have something very specific in mind. Yes. They want to get the p value done, they want to get some calculation done. And giving my training, that I'll be asking all kinds of questions, say, yeah. how you collect that data, you know, so on and so forth. And I mean, these are absolutely important questions to ask, but it depends on how you ask. That uh, if you're not careful, they become very intimidating. And in fact, I remember that uh, to a point, uh, one time there was this one professor told me, said, you know, Professor Munn, you know, I'm here for consultation, not for insultation. Because <laughs> I was asking, like, I basically question, like, how the data was collected and so on and so forth. So from there, I really learned that, you know, uh, not only the consulting is very important to serve the, serve, you know, the general population, but it, it's actually a, a terrific way of training your communication skills. And that actually turned out to be, you know, these days, as you know, uh, very few projects you can work on your own. I mean, any sort of real data science project, you're going to work with a team. How do you communicate? And uh, most uh, people working on the, uh, working on this project probably have have very different trainings than you know we have. So, so the communication becomes such an important problem for me.
0: And so, can you? I I'd like to come back to that in a moment because I think that that communication aspect is. I think that's very universal. And I in conversations that I have with data scientists who are working in industry, that's something that they, we, we, I include myself in this, that's something we struggle with a lot is kind of that tension of trying to communicate rigorous scientific results, best best practices, good methods to people who aren't trained in that. And maybe in some cases, come in with a hypothesis in mind and are looking for a statistician to kind of Rubber stamp it in some of the yeah, worst yeah, cases. In some cases
1: like that,
0: yeah. Well, so let me let me just drill into the, that a little bit now, and then and then we'll move on to the the data science review because I see that in some ways maybe as an extension of this. Um, so for folks who are data scientists, in many cases junior data scientists because the field is so young, who are struggling with right. thinking about how to how to improve their communication skills, I I'd like to just hear if you have any. Any other thoughts or advice to data scientists who are, who are you know, hearing, I think, something in what you're saying and empathizing with it that you're a very, you know, distinguished and accomplished person who still struggles with this to some extent or recognizes the challenge? Um, if there are ways that people can train themselves to be better communicators or ways that you have thought about developing yourself as a communicator so that you are bridging that gap.
1: Yes, I... Thank you for the question because I'm waiting for you to ask me about that because I do have some, uh, you know, I think a practical advice there because I I use those myself. I think probably the most important thing is um, trying to find some kind of knowledge, some kind of metaphor that, you know, people can relate to, Mm -hmm. to explain uh, complicated uh, sort of technical ideas. and. The good news is, uh, the most things uh, certainly up to now, I know the deep learning other stuff gets a little bit complicated to, to 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 explain what's really going on. But you know, up to probably most recently, a lot of these statistical ideas, concepts, that they are actually just a sort of more formalized version of some intuitive common sense. So you can, if you think hard about, it, you can find good knowledge. So let me give you a specific example. Please, yeah. I've been giving uh, talks recently to explain to people this, you know, this whole idea of big data. You have to worry about this, not just the size of data, but the quality of the data. Yeah. And it's very relevant because you have tons of, you know, self-report internet data, so on and so forth. And, uh, um, but I need to find a perfect analogy to tell people, like, why it's so important to have these datas uh, well-mixed. Because if you, if they're not well mixed, which technically called not representative, then you will have bias, right? Oh, so
0: you mean when the data isn't is isn't representative? Of representative, of the, right? Exactly. So, okay.
1: So so the thing is to to in order to talk to in order to talk about that, we need to review some classical results. The classical results says that if you have a small sample, if you have a sample size little n, right? from a population of, you know, capital N, you know, that's a large population. And the classical statistic will tell you that your statistical error only depends on the little N.
0: Uh-huh. The capital
1: N, you know, we never really worry about the capital N, right? Now, unless you're in a, like you know, the, the kind of finite sample, survey sampling aspect, then you will worry a little bit about that. But most of time, you know, we just tell people to completely ignore that. The capital N. And so how do you explain to people, like, uh, for someone who had not studied statistics, say, you can take, say, 5,000 people, get their opinions, you can learn about, uh, say, U.S. voting population, 230 million. Like, how do you explain that? Because, you know, if if you haven't studied statistics, that sounds just wrong. Like, how possibly? Oh,
0: that In other words, the quality of the insight, you're saying... You have to convince someone it doesn't matter how big the population is that you're trying to right. infer the the conclusions onto right. it's just the size of the data set right. that you that right. you collect
1: but you know that's usually when we do statistics right there's a formula one of yeah, root the exactly N, right? yeah so the, so one way I found that it had turned out to be really quite useful so far i've tried on many audience is that you know I told people like you know, I love you know soup and I love, love drink the soup right yeah. so uh, you know anytime if you are asked to taste, whether the soup is too salty or too delicious or not delicious enough, uh, regardless the size of the container, right? As long as you mix well, all you need is is take a few spoons, Uh right? Yeah. And and most people can relate to that. Yeah. But the whole concept here is you have to mix well. Then I will go on and say, well, now when you don't mix well, then that size of the container becomes becomes important and in fact the larger the size container the harder it is to estimate what you want to estimate if things are not mixing well yeah a lot more places get stuck yeah right. so uh, so for me is uh, i'm constantly thinking about that kind of practical analogy and uh, the other thing i find is incredibly useful this is i would encourage everyone to do that it's, even you don't really care about communicating with others, there's actually a real reason for you to do it yourself because I find myself that when I can find multiple ways to explain something to someone, then I know I truly understand the material. Yeah. And I always use the phrase to my student, I feel like now I feel like I own the material. I can debate with anyone. If I find multiple ways to, to, to sort of explain yeah. What's going on. If I cannot do that, I know I'm on a shaky ground because I don't fully understand. So for me, the way to communicate well, particularly for people who are not in my field, is a way to tell myself that now I really understand or I really need to study harder.
0: That's what uh, Richard Feynman used to say is that until you could teach something, you you hadn't really actually exactly. mastered it. Yeah. Exactly. So let me take that and and draw it that importance of communication and, and trying to bring these ideas to broader audiences and to deepen our understanding of them themselves. So um, with that as important context, as something that's clearly very important to you that you've spent many years thinking about. Uh, your latest endeavor, the thing that put us in touch was the Harvard Data Science Review. So I don't know if your passion for communication was where that started or if it started somewhere else, but I would love to hear just a you know, a little bit of a quick history of that. And I know that because it's a new review, like the first issue has has just come out. I know you're working on the second one right now. Mm -hmm. I'm anticipating that most of the people who are listening to this haven't heard of it. Right. That's why we're doing this, is to change that. Um, Yeah, so um, maybe also giving a little bit of a a recap of what it is you're trying to achieve with the data science review, you know, and and who it's designed for.
1: Sure. Uh, Thank you for all these questions. Uh, The little bit history is this actually started... uh, a little less than two years ago and you know harvard data science initiative itself was relatively new then and uh, we were basically looking for things we can do at harvard that we can contribute to uh, you know the general data science so i thought about um the one thing is very much related to all the communication issues that i at that time i, I think still is now that the whole data science community i think i we have heard that term many many times now but uh it's it's not that well-defined.
0: Data science. Yeah, data
1: science. Yeah. Term, it's not well-defined. And, you know, this, my first editorial was trying to think about, you know, how do we frame that whole thing called data science. But most importantly, what I realized and my colleagues here realized that they're just not a central sort of uh, forum or, you know, platform for people. We're all related to the data science, but we don't have a common place to communicate with each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we statisticians publish pretty much in statistical journal. We may have occasionally publish in computer science, machine learning journal, and, and vice versa. But it's not just these two communities. These two communities obviously play incredible important role in data science. But there are a lot more out there. Yes, like, you know philosophers talk about the philosopher you know of data science and uh, information scientists. Uh, you know, operation research people they contributed tremendously to all the optimization and uh, uh then you even have you know physicists, you know quantum computing, you have all those people, and then I just couldn't think of a central place that we can actually communicate with each other to talk about how we contribute from a different perspective so then I thought about you know, why don't we take advantage of Harvard does it have a brand name in in this review series? We have a Harvard Business Review, which is you know very popular magazine. And uh, of industry leaders, business leaders, and then we have uh, Harvard Law Review, which is a serious legal scholar sort of you know journal. so I thought about you know we do both of those things so this is the sort of that ambition which um, thank you for joining as a part of the team as well my pleasure and uh, because once we started thinking about, I realized that we can do more than just uh, outreach to the you know industry then uh, uh, outreach to uh, the outreach to, to talk to the sort of research side. Uh, since we're in university, there's another big part of it, which is education, mm-hmm. right? So that's why we decide to do the, really this sort of trail. We will publish deep-end research articles, you know, these articles with Greek letters. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then we will, we will uh, you know, publish articles that are really to the general public, you know, general, uh, uh, you know, data science community, and as well as uh, education articles, um, how do we put together effective uh, data science, you know, curriculums to serve different groups of, you know, uh, students and 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 audience? So that's the basic idea.
0: Cool. And so I think if I can paraphrase a little bit of that and just call out a particular thread, one of the things we talked about and and that you said here is that one of the goals you have is that this is not. An endeavor that has a single audience. This isn't no. just for academics. This isn't just for uh, industry folks. Um, but one thing that I think is really interesting, and and I'm wondering if this has been a challenge for you as you've gotten started, or or perhaps not, is that like you said, data science is not something that is particularly crisply right. defined right now. Right. Everyone has their own working definition and. Perhaps for better, and maybe occasionally for worse, you know maybe what ha- what will happen with this journal is it starts to become a little bit more mm-hmm. crisply defined. Mm-hmm. So did you have any challenge in this first article or in the first few articles when you were trying to communicate to authors or cont- contributors? No, I know that you think that you're a physicist or I know that you think that you're a philosopher or so on and so on. But actually, you have something to say to speak to the data science community, and here is the way that you can speak about it, so that many people outside of your field proper get benefit from the things that yeah. you're thinking about.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, let me first say that uh, the, in a you know very crisp way, that the the central mission of Harvard Data Science Review is really to help to define and shape what data science is. And you know that's a very ambitious uh, mission. And uh, the way we approach this is, you know, we recruit uh, um, scholars and experts from all walks of data science, and including yourself. That, you know, so we we want outreach to the industry, to the government, to the obviously the the data science community itself, as well as everybody else. So we have this uh, uh, sort of motto we call it: uh, everything data science and data science for everyone." Mm-hmm. Right? So. Now, because of that, when we uh, invite articles, the one thing I made very clear, I told everyone that um, there's no style, uh, page limitation, you know, all these things. Uh, The only thing we care deeply about are two things, right? One is the quality of the article. Um, The quality of the article has to match whatever the field you're in. okay? Okay. But the second part is directly related to to what you said that having said so we we want the article to be engaging the article so the writing quality had to be really good whole idea is to help you to communicate it to the rest of the you know people who are interested in in, in data science um that has been i think a lot of articles which are what like perspective articles um these big pictures and I think most people writes very well we you know we every article uh, went through uh, rigorous you know peer reviews and the reviews usually because we the reviews have know what we want so they basically will be on uh, say oh you should give a little bit more introduction giving this and, uh, this and that now um, there will be articles and we do publish i would say 25 percent of articles are that kind of very technical article uh, which we you know have greek letters in it uh-huh. and and for those and actually for all of them we basically say you know you always should write regardless the depths so, of, you know, how technical your article You should always write an introduction or, a, you know, a page or two summaries, what we call the media friendly um, summary. Right? So that's the idea of to help to communicate. Now mm-hmm. moving forward, I'm actually start talking to some students where, I think I mentioned this to you before, that uh, we're, we're thinking about organizing uh, like student competitions that these articles are published mm-hmm. online, technical ones, but we get students to Read it and write like the kind of summaries that is generally uh, readable, not only you know understandable to the general public. I thought that would be a great way. That it, it itself is a pedagogical training for the students because it's not easy to read other people and write you know uh, you know to to sort of summarize well. And uh, so that's a part of the uh, efforts we we'll, you know we'll be making. And so I want to mention that the. The issue is the digital version is entirely open access, free, yes. online. So anyone just Google or whatever the browser yeah, is. Yeah, and
0: right. we'll yeah we'll yeah. put a link on uh, linear right. and and then, so, so you
1: just you know Google Harvard Design Review you you will find it. So anyone can check out, see whether uh, this is uh, understandable or not. And uh, the the platform we use is from MIT Press called a Pop Pop, and it's designed to you know anyone can make comments there that as long as you sign, sign in. Uh, and so we actually would love to have more feedback. on so say, well, you know, this is great. This is need to be, you know, more plain language or whatever it is. So we, we'd love to get feedback.
0: Uh, yeah, no, I love that idea of getting started and then kind of seeing... That's something that we, I come from the startup world, right? Mm -hmm. We're always trying to figure out what our, say we're building a product, what does our product need to be? So that idea of collecting the feedback and iterating on it is something that is very close to my heart. Are there any things that you are in the vein of the conversation that we've had so far that you want to make sure that we cover?
1: Sure. I do want to mention that um, just for people who are not familiar with the journal yet, we have four parts of each issue basically covers the perspective, uh, application, education, and research, right? We have a more fancy name online you can check, but that's the full part. But the one thing I want to emphasize is that we are also rolling out these columns. Ah, yes. Yeah. And uh, and so we have two columns uh, currently is there, one called uh, Diving into Data. That is meant to be a mini tutorial, many topics, uh, no formula involved, but it's edited by you know Debbie Hand, very uh, a preeminent you know, statistician as well as a great writer, so we had uh, the first issue is on what is statistical model, right? And the second issue is on the uh, big picture of the data linkage, mm. of the data, yeah. And the third issue is going to have one on data visualization, you know, mm-hmm. all this. And so continuously we will have all these topics, and it will be statistical computer science, whatever is relevant for data, uh, you know, for data science. The second column. Uh, Already in the first issue, is the um, is, is co-edited by two historian of science. So this is uh, meant to be talking about the history of data science. Oh. I know many people would be very interested in the first yeah. issue. Had the article by Stephanie Dick, who is a great historian of science, and her first issue the article was on AI, the you know the history of artificial intelligence. The second one I hope that uh, many people would be interested in. Is, is by uh, uh, by uh, Christopher Philip um, from CMU, another historian of science, a co-editor of this column, and he's writing about the history of baseball uh, statistics. Oh, fun! So these are two columns already in place. Then, as you know, that we have four more to coming out. That's and what I hear. Yeah, in, including one that you, thank you for being a co-editor for that. Very excited. And, uh, which is targeted for the industry. I don't know if you guys have settled on that. The,
0: We're getting lunch right the, after this to figure it yeah, out. <laughs> the,
1: the, the title yet. Uh,
0: but, me and my, my co-editor here, yes.
1: <laughs> and uh, But I want to mention that, that the History of Science column has a really great name coming up uh, from these two co-editors. It's called a Mining the Past, and uh, a, a sort of a, as a due to that, we actually have a Column called "Minding the Future," uh-huh. and uh, that one uh, will be targeted to students from primary, elementary schools to like you know high schools, and and it's it will be I think uh, the first issue probably will be the January, mm-hmm. and then you know uh, another due to your industry column there will be one uh, aimed for the policymakers, and that one is actually co-edited by uh, Nancy Podock. Um who is the chief statistician of the United States. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, so that's two. Then there will be another one coming out, I think, that will be in January. That one is really targeted the general public and has a very cool um, column title. It's called Recreations in Randomness. And the first one, um, hopefully, will be something on data science and Oscar.
0: So it sounds like you spend about as much time thinking about clever titles for some of these Oh, spaces. absolutely. Yes. <laughs> actually, uh,
1: most of clever titles that come out of was your uh, co-editor, Alex Block. Ah, uh, yes. The two of us, you know, dreamed up a lot of things. And, of course, many of them, actually, that the recreations uh, in randomness, it was really the, the editor, uh, Mark Glickman. So you see we're basically trying to create these columns basically the idea as I said we're trying to make sure that you know anyone pick up the issue say oh there's something that I can you know relate to I have interest in so so far we've created these sort of six columns.
0: Oh uh, great and just as an aside yeah I'm very excited to get to work with Alex on this I think it's going to be a lot of fun and I think uh the industry the industry column in particular is a an interesting one to me I mean in part because I uh, because I work there, obviously, um, but it's also presents with a very different set of challenges than I think some yeah. of the academic stuff. So trying to get all of that into the mix is, that's the challenge, but that's the fun too, Thank I guess. Thank you very much for doing that. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. So with that, I wanted to, to wrap up with just thanking you again for taking the time to talk with me. Um, it's been really great. So everybody who's listening to this, who hears something in there that sounds interesting to them and that they should check out, which is all of you. Uh, should go to, you can go to LinearDigressions.com. We'll have a link to the Harvard Data Science Review, or you can just search for it online. As Jelly said, completely open access, which is, as an aside, somebody who doesn't have a, a an easy path to an academic affiliation to get these closed access journals, I really appreciate. I'm sure many of you do as well. So as an aside, thank you for making that happen. Um, and many, many good issues to look forward to. When's the next one dropping?
1: Next one actually will be coming out I'm hoping it's October 30th or October 31st. We're talking about next week.
0: Oh, okay. Yes, very soon. That that might even be, depending on when we edit this and get it out the door, that might even be out already. So okay. go check it out. Great. All right. Well, thank you again. It's been a pleasure. And um, everyone, you. go check out the HDSR. Linear Digressions is a Creative Commons endeavor. Thank you for joining us and we'll see you next time.